Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The first thing I want to get to is in relation to our government. Every single day, things are changing. Every single day we say, well done. Every single day we say, what are you thinking, lads? This COVID-19 is changing as the days go by. We have all come to the realisation now that the plan by the government after the roadmap, which now, according to Leo Varadkar today, there's a possibility they may shorten the roadmap, and I can tell you now, that's not because he's just suddenly got some sort of uh, enlightenment in the middle of the night. That is because, obviously, the government are looking at the financial aspect of this as well, because the longer the roadmap goes on, the longer they have to pay the COVID payments and the subsidies to employers. So clearly, after Pascal's announcement yesterday that they won't be supporting in viable business and that they would make an announcement next week in relation to how long the COVID payment of 350 will last, they obviously had a word in Leo's ear and said, Leo... We need to bring this forward a little bit. We can't keep paying this COVID payment till September or the end of August. So you really need to have a look at maybe bringing it back a little bit, maybe till the end of July. And maybe that's what's going to happen. I'm not going to preempt that. Uh, that's up to Leo Vragger to make that decision and maybe make that announcement to us before the weekend, if that's possible. Uh, they may shorten it from three-week periods to two-week periods. Uh, they may bring some of the other hospitality sector forward. But the problem we have, of course, is the decisions they've made around social distancing. And as much... As I, like the last next person, value every life in the world, there are trade-offs. And there's always going to be trade-offs. Uh, we trade off every single day of the week. People get killed in car crashes, but we don't ban cars or reduce speed limits. Uh, we do reduce them to a respectable level, but to a level where people can still die. We allow people to buy cigarettes, even though we know that it kills them. So there's always trade-offs. And the trade-offs are our freedoms. And the social distancing plan, everybody, I think, well, a lot of people at this stage agree it's not going to work. Because there's a lot of businesses out there will not survive through social distancing and capacity levels, reduced capacity levels. That's, it's just unworkable. And they've mentioned this in the UK as well today. So in relation to that and the decisions that are being made by our government, at this stage now we're on our own. Everybody in the world was in the COVID-19 scheme, but everybody in the world is now making their own decisions as to how they get back out of it. And we talked about this when we brought in the lockdown three weeks into it when everyone was getting really pissed off. The big question was, what's the plan to get out of this, Leo? You gave us a great plan to get into it. We got into it like that in two days. What's the plan to get out of it again? And this is going to be the problem. So how are the government dealing with that? Because they're dealing with it very differently to other countries. Other countries have criticised Ireland and said we're taking too long. Even countries that had high mortality rates like Italy and Spain are getting out of it quicker than we are. And hopefully they won't see any more deaths because some of the experts have said now at this stage that the virus could probably disappear in the next few weeks. And hopefully it does. I hope they're right. I really hope they're right. <clears throat> so, generally speaking, let's just say it's September and the virus is gone, theoretically. Or at least it's gone for the time being. And I would hate to think, and I don't believe for a minute if it comes back we will lock down again. I don't believe that will happen again. I think we've probably learned our lesson from this because... I fear that the amount of secondary deaths from this particular virus will certainly, um, I think it will be a lot more than the people that have died from the virus. And I, and I have a great fear of that. But look, hopefully I'm wrong and we will find that out in the near future. But how have they handled it? At the start, everybody was applauding Leo. Whoa, well done, Leo. What a great speech, even though we ripped half of it off from Churchill. Well done, Leo. All he was sure to do was saying they'd be walking up the beaches of Dunkirk. So we all applauded the minister. We all applauded the healthcare staff. By the way, can I just say, without, and I know I'm people giving out to me, right? I think the healthcare staff are brilliant. Fair play to them. Well done to them. I've, spoke to an, uh, I've spoken to a couple of nurses actually over the last few weeks, and they said they've never had a quieter time in hospitals in the last 20 years, right? But well done to you all. But I think the clapping every Thursday night, it's probably outdone its course now at this stage. They're quiet now at this stage. And well done to them all, by the way. They've saved a lot of lives. I'm not taking that away from them. But I think the, maybe the clapping, you know, every Thursday night. You know, it's because, I mean, there have been no deaths in Britain today at all. We've had zero. I mean, you've got capacity in ICU is down at the lowest it's probably been in years. Half the beds in the wards are empty. So, you know, they're not rushed off their feet at the moment. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Um, all the predictions, by the way, by governments, not just here in Ireland, in the UK and America, were wrong. Ferguson predicted half a million people in the UK would die after lockdown. Didn't happen. Ireland, after lockdown, we predicted, and I remember Leo's speech at the time, probably 10,000 people would die. It didn't happen. Thankfully, it didn't happen. In America, they predicted 2 million people would die. It didn't happen. All those predictions by the 
inverted commas, experts, didn't happen. I don't know where they got their logistics from or how they worked it out. Surely we've seen uh, coronavirus one, and we've seen swine flu, and we've seen SARS, uh, which was COVID or coronavirus one, uh, and we've seen many uh, mirrors and many other viruses like that, including influenza as well, which started off back in the World War. We've seen all of them, so we've had a fair bit of experience with pandemics. So we should have had a very good idea. These people who are paid to be experts should have had a good idea as to where we were going to go with this, but seemingly they got it very wrong. Uh, all their predictions were wrong. And hopefully they will stay wrong. And, you know, it won't come back and bite us again. But how did the government handle it? Did they, do you believe they did a good job? Are you happy with the way things have gone? Are, as a business owner, are you happy? As an individual citizen, are you happy? Um, do you believe the lockdown, as long as it's been, was a good idea or should, could it have been shorter? I want to know how you believe they have got on. Because at the start of this, about two weeks into it, I put up a poll asking how the government are doing and 70% of people were very much in favour of the government. Now I put up a poll and we're down to about 30% saying they're thinking they're doing a good job. So obviously there's a, a swing. So I want to know how you think they're doing. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. How do you think the government are doing? And remember, of course, this is a caretaker government. This is not actually our government. These are, un- a lot of them are unelected people. People who weren't elected the second time round and won't be in there in the next few years or in the next year or two. So remember, of course, they are a caretaker government. And if there was no COVID-19, there most likely would have been already a second election with Sinn Féin running more candidates. But that's not obviously going to happen because of social distancing and all that kind of thing. And behind everybody's back, and we don't really hear about it because we're not talking about it very much because we're obsessed with COVID-19. There is talks going on, obviously, between the Greens and Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, and we don't know what's going to happen there. But they're still there. The people that you didn't vote for are still running the country. They didn't get the majority of the votes, or nowhere close to it, but they're still running the country. We seem to have forgotten that as well. Um, we still have all the other problems that we had before the election, by the way. We still have a homeless crisis, which is probably going to get worse. We still have a, you know, a lot of people in temporary accommodation. We still have a healthcare crisis. Ironically, this nurse said to me, and I'm sorry I'm going on a bit, she said to me, at the moment, it's the quietest period they've had in all the years that she'd been a nurse. And she said two years ago, when they had a really busy flu season, they were crying out for funding. They were crying out for extra beds. They were crying out for the government to help them two years ago when they were at capacity in ICU and everywhere else. And the government did nothing. Now the government to throw money at them and they don't really actually need it. Um, so I, I find the whole thing quite ironic. But anyway, getting back to the government. Do you believe they're doing a good job? Yes, you believe they are. Fair play to them. Well done, Simon, Leo. Uh, I know Tony Holohan is not actually government. He's not elected TD, but he is certainly working for the government as the chief medical officer. Um, and the rest of them. How do you think they're all doing? Do you think they're doing a good job? Or do you think they're doing a really bad job? Let me know. The number is 87 That's 087-188-0008. Now, let me go. Uh, let me see to... James. You're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, James? Good evening to you again, now. Nice to talk to you, James. Nice to talk to you. From a very wet and windy cork. Wait, is it bad? Yes, very bad at the moment. I'd say you'll be getting it sometime later on, uh, Niall. Right. Okay, well, I hope it doesn't get too bad. It's a bit dreary looking outside but it's, it's not raining yet ah yes it's raining now and windy but uh, I might die out a bit by the time it gets up to you yeah I mean James look things are changing you know I mean the debt rate seems to be well down everywhere in the UK it seems to be quite low it's quite low here as well the cases are dropping everywhere you know maybe these experts are right and it will just go away itself but either way how do you think the government has performed well I suppose if I look at Leo on his own he has been reasonably statesmanlike, and I, 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 comparing, as I said to Ashling earlier on, comparing to Boris and the Donald, he certainly looks more impressive. Uh, that is on a, just Leo himself. Overall, I suppose it'll be very hard to tell, really, only in, in time how well they've done. Maybe you know, six months' time, twelve months' time. Hopefully, when things have got back to normal, then we can look back and say, "Yeah, he did this wrong. He did that wrong." He did better than others. He didn't do as well as other countries. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's new territory yes, for, for, for them. Mind you, it's not new territory for the people who are advising them because they're meant to be experts in their field. And I, but I think it's important that I correct something. I did mention earlier on there was no deaths in the UK. I meant to say no deaths in London, but there has been obviously deaths the, across the UK. But there wasn't any in London, which was the that was the epicenter of the UK at one stage. And it's probably because most people in London have well, there's a level of herd immunity maybe in London because so yeah. many people got it. Uh, but in relation to I understand it's uncharted territory, unprecedented. Uh, it's something that no government will probably ever have to deal with again. Hopefully, I never had to deal with before. Uh, but apart from when we had things like TB, which was, by the way, was a killer. I mean, somebody compared this to TB the other day, which is not a comparison at all. TB killed 50% of people who got it within five years. So it's not a comparison. But in saying that, the people who are paid from Neffet, for example, these are experts. These are immunologists and virologists. I mean, they should have known more of what, you know, what to do from the very start. Well, I'm watching them now, like yourself, and uh, we had your own, uh, an expert there the other day, a very impressive woman, Al Dolores, Cal, I think was her name. Yes, and, and the only difference is that she, she comes from a different view, yes. Yes, and she's very much uh, with the hydroxychloroquine. And, she and you know what? She was poo-pooed uh, by a lot of people over saying that. And by the way, for those people who thought I interrupted her a lot, I have, I'm have i duty-bound by the Broadcasting Authority to challenge people. And obviously there had been a research out you know, last week saying there was no positive or no negative effect to it. But indeed, there needs to be more research done uh, because that research was done on people who are already uh, you know, at a fair stage into the virus. Uh, but the point she was clearly making was as a preventative uh, it should be taken. And then it's announced today in Britain that 10,000 care workers are to be given hydroxychloroquine. Oh, yes. I, I must say I was impressed with her the other day, Nile. I thought she was quite an impressive woman. And also, you know, the medical people advising the most powerful man in the United States, if they're advising him to take it, well, uh, you know, they're not well, going to do own, that. If his own doctor has advised him to take it, you know, I mean, look, there's no It's a very old um, medicinal remedy. It's 60 years old. It was given to people for malaria, for arthritis, for lupus. Um, it doesn't seem to have huge side effects. But again, I would advise people not to go out and take it yourself. You should do it on your doctor's oh, orders only. You know, you don't be doing it without a prescription. Well, you can't buy it without a prescription anyway, I don't think. It's not something you can forget over the counter. Uh, but in saying that, maybe there is benefits. And wouldn't it be great if we found out that it was a preventative oh, medicine? Oh, it be wonderful now. We, we, could ha- we could hand it out to every vulnerable person. She said there as well, that Dr. Dolores, she said that all of the health workers took it in India and none of them have died now. Well, that was, that's what she said, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I know they did give it to health workers in China, as well as giving them vitamin C and vitamin D. And, and again, people are poo-pooing that. And the best doctors in the world have recommended that people, to avoid serious symptoms of any virus or any disease or illness, if you have vitamin C and vitamin D and you're, you're well dosed up on it, it helps your body to fight off disease. That's a fact. Sure, remember years ago, your mother, if you got a bit of a cold or a sniffle, your mother had you oh, down yeah. to the chemist and, and what was it? Was it halibut orange? Was that the name of those little tablets? Do you remember or should them? we don't shop for, for a bag of oranges? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll get the vitamin C into you. So that's, that's a well-known established fact. So there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with suggesting that to people. And ever since this virus has started, I remember I spoke to Patrick Halford on the radio here one night, who was an expert in um, all this kind of um, nutrition and he talked to me about vitamin C and since I spoke to Patrick Alford I've been taking vitamin C every day Oh yes, no harm now yeah, won't do but, uh, One thing that has surprised me in the last couple of days I'm not digressing because it is connected to what you're talking about uh, Mr Flanagan now, I've no, I'm not a fan of uh, Charlie Flanagan now. he's one of the worst Minister for Justice we ever had and he goes off and does things that even the government don't approve of now mm. and as you know in the last couple of days he took out a full-page ad in the Kerry newspaper. He's apologised, hasn't he? To the, the direct provision in uh, Carsevine. Yeah. Because it's not big enough for them to self-isolate. Now, as far as I know, now, nobody in direct provision has died, thanks be to God, no. of uh, COVID. Now, some of them have got it now. But, you see, what surprised me there, now is he didn't take out an ad to apologise to the relatives of the elderly in the nursing homes, mm-hmm. which would be far more in his line. Uh, to because they didn't get the care they deserved. I'm surprised he apologised, by the way. Which? I'm surprised that Charlie apologised for the direct provision centre. Uh, there was no need to now, because, as you know, there's a lot of people in the country, or say the nursing, uh, nursing homes, there's a lot of people living in overcrowded conditions in, in, the, in the general public. 
you have uh, grandparents having to live with their single mother daughters with children because of the housing crisis now. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of people in that condition. And uh, I saw, as you remember, you saw that prime time program there where they look for the reaction of how people were coping in apartments and that. I think you said you saw that now. And yep. there was one woman there, she, she had three children, and she was a single mother, but she was living with her the grandmother because she I had remember, been yes, her yeah, own yeah, house yeah. because of the rental situation. And uh, the grandmother had an underlying condition now. Mm-hmm. And there's no one apologising to those people. So and, and the doctor told that poor girl to self-isolate because she had COVID, and she couldn't. She'd nowhere to isolate. Yes. So, I mean, uh, I just take you out a full page in the Kerry newspaper to apologise. Uh, I found it extraordinary. Uh, maybe yeah. you didn't. I did anyway. Well, no, I did find it quite extraordinary. I'm just reading the, the story here. The Minister for Justice, Charlie Fallagan, has written an unprecedented letter to the people of Kerry apologising for what has unfolded at the controversial direct provision centre in Carrasdeveen. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 the thing also about the, the direct provision, uh, I'm not surprised that uh, anyone didn't die because they're all young people mostly. Mm-hmm. I'm on a 70 in direct provision now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, most of the people are 20s, 30s, 40s and... Uh yeah, and generally speaking, young, healthy people are not yes, dying from so, COVID nineteen. Uh, okay, again, okay, but get... it's like that. He did, you know, he was going to set up, um, you know, remember, it's nothing to do with what we're talking about, but he was going to have a commemoration for the black and tan. You know, do you remember mm, that now? I do indeed. Yes, and of course, the government didn't give him an approval of that. Just because he's too old, he should be gone. Long he's a bit of a rogue, now. isn't he? What? He's a bit rogue. Yes, and he's too old anyway now. He should be retired long ago. Yeah, I think politicians should get to a certain age and then at some point they should hand over the gauntlet yes, to somebody yes, else. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's way over 70s. He should be gone long ago now. And I'm saying that as well. Okay, what, about, what about Simon? Simon is the pup there. He's a young man. Yeah, and, and by the way, can I just point out... Top. He's he, just too old now. He should be gone long ago. Well, even though I told Simon Harris to shove his interview of his hole on Twitter, <laughs> I, I do believe he's a nice guy. Ah, yes, he's, uh, and, he's doing a reasonable job now. He's, uh, yeah, he well, comes on well... I think he's taking advice. I wouldn't be a big fan of his before the the election, but he seems to be, you know, he comes across fairly direct and... No, as a human being, I'm a bit of a fan of him. I like him. I like the guy. I think he's a hard-working man, but I just believe he's making a lot of bad decisions based on the, the, the information the he's been given. Him, uh, there's so many different opinions among the medical profession. You know, well, in this country, but hang on, with the greatest respect, James, in this country there isn't, because it seems that if you have a different opinion, no, but no one wants to listen to you. And then he slightly chatters to change his mind. Professor Luke O'Neill, who you've interviewed yourself, it says they should be mandatory now. Mm. He said all masks should be mandatory, so there you are. Chief Medical Officer, two... Yeah, but Luke, Luke was on the show with us in the early stages and said that he didn't believe anybody should have to wear a mask. Well, now I saw him later on with, with of Matt course. Cooper and then in the evening programme, and he said, you know, he believes they should have been mandatory, especially in public transport and in shops. Yeah. So there you are, Nile, and then you have Dolores Carl with her, her own opinion, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to know, Nile. It is, it is. But, but stay there a second. Let me go to Marion as well. Marion, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Marion? How are you? Good. Marion, do you believe the government are doing a good job? Oh, I think they're a complete and utter disaster. Oh, right, okay. Now, it's, um, it is a novel virus, and as you said... More or less, you know, it's it's very difficult to make decisions. But from my opinion, um, I found, what I found was a lot of their decisions were quite contradictory. To begin with, um, they had um, cancelled the rugby matches or they they had postponed or cancelled them. Yes. But yet still let the flights into the country. They might, well have, they might as well have let the matches go ahead. ahead. Let they, the they, absolutely, the yeah. yeah. That, well, I think everybody knows the mistakes that were made early, like the Cheltenham one as well. That was a big mistake. Yeah, but you think, now was that not the end of February, but a fortnight later was the whole Cheltenham thing. They should have learned from the first yeah. <laughs> mistake. But what I found, in the, in the middle of March at that stage, I, um, I was to keep two metres away from my neighbour, but people were allowed to go back, back and forth to Cheltenham. <laughs> Which they should have learned from, say, the whole fiasco from Italy allowing the flights in. Um, then we had on the 10th of March, first of all, on the 5th of March, um, people were prohibited from visiting elderly in nursing homes. Five days later, um, Dr. Hulhan, um lifted that ban. Which was a disastrous decision we know now. Including my own friend's father tied in the nursing home. And the man had just gone into the nursing home to develop uh, or to pick up the virus off two patients in there. Um, now, I had read in the Irish Times that the instructions was given to um, GPs not um, to admit um, 
or send elderly into hospital uh, from nursing homes into hospitals. And I can't give you the name of the antibiotic, but we're told not to, to prescribe it to the elderly. That was reported in either the Irish Examiner or the Irish Times. And yes, the majority dying are elderly. Um, I can send send you on the link after yeah, the okay. interview. Yeah. If if that's all I'm right. Not, yeah, I'm not familiar with the story, but I, I take your word for it. Go on. No, but I'll send it on yeah. anyway. Um, I just I just my eyes are out my cheeks. Um, then I have a neighbour that works in one of the main hospitals in Dublin, and here I'm just giving you feedback from on the ground, and people can you know make their own minds up. Yeah, 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 whatever. Um, she she works in one of the main hospitals uh, in Dublin. And what she was saying is the HSC had instructed them to follow up on COVID-19 patients or people who had um, presented themselves into the hospital in concerns that they had it. And um, apparently the people and their names and their contact numbers, they couldn't, they couldn't contact them because they gave, deliberately gave the wrong contact numbers. And she was saying that um, there was this kind of fear or phobia among these patients to be followed up on. They didn't want to be recognized or kind of they didn't want to be identified, yeah. contacted again, just it was to check up on them. Yeah, um, of course, yeah, yeah. Because you're rely- you're relying on honesty. You know what I mean? You are, you are. Yeah. And um I there's an elderly friend, I had to bring her to a hospital for an X ray. Now this was she thought and it, this this wasn't because she had an accident or anything. It was uh, an appointment she had a few months ago, whatever. So I brought her up to this particular hospital and I'm there wearing the mask and my glasses are getting steamed up when I'm hardly able to breathe in it. To go into the hospital and approximately saw about, I'd say, three medics wearing masks and the rest were going around with no masks on them. Um, When I've been in this hospital before, you usually see somebody out, one or two having a smoke. Um, I, I saw barely any patients there. Well, I, 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 I only spoke to a nurse recently and, you know, she's a long time a nurse and she said to me, it's the quietest it's been in many, 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 many years. Yeah, you would usually see somebody outside. outside and, and by the way, you know, I know fresh, the, fresh air the government expected, the a, they expected a big rush, you know, they expected to be, I mean, look what happened in England. They built all these Nightingale hospitals and they built one of yeah. Belfast as well in London and Birmingham and somewhere else. They never used one of them. They never used a bed in any of them. Uh, and they're all closing yeah. this week now. That was a massive amount of money wasted. Mind you, that obviously yeah. they, they felt on the predictions, uh, you know, by their chief medical officer at the time, uh, of they, he said that 500,000 people were going to die. Uh, so yeah. they, they felt that they were going to need these hospitals, but they never actually needed them. Yeah, and another thing that uh, um, when we went into the waiting room for the x-rays, I was to keep two metres away from my, from my friend. And there was two, that, you know, they had it cordoned off. And yet, when I left, I was leaving the hospital and it just, it's kind of an open cafe. Yes. And there were approximately about 12 of the staff all congregated there. Now, I don't blame them if, if they need a break. And I'm not criticising them. But they were all even sitting at the one table. And I'm saying, I'm supposed to be two metres away from this lady I'm giving the list. And there's to. the people that are, are looking after me and not even keeping their own distance. Yeah, I know. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know. Okay, but, but generally, Marion... Generally, I mean, considering that it's something that normally a government would never have to deal with, um, thankfully, but they they do have experts. Nefit are the experts. Well, um, well here's my thing. But yeah, do, you, do you believe they dealt with it and predicted how we would handle it, you know, and did took the right steps? Now, there was mistakes made. There's no doubt about so that. Well, I would expect mistakes to be made, but here's my opinion, right? Um, they saw this disaster happen in Italy, but I think after decades and decades of following instructions from Brussels, they haplessly was waiting for Brussels to tell them what to do. Whereas countries like Sweden, Central and Eastern European countries had made up their mind, this is it, we're closing off the borders. Sweden had decided to take it in a more liberal approach, whereas our um, government just haplessly was waiting to follow orders from somebody else. And I just found this isn't even for love of Donald Trump, but every single day, it's Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that. And a whole, I, I believe that was a whole distraction of the disaster here. Now, I thought from the spin in the news, I said, God, America has an, uh, have an awful lot of debt, and it did. But I assumed their debt rate would be far higher than us, but they're not. They're, they're actually lower per million, yes. They're actually, they're actually lower per million. And I was completely astounded, and I followed it and followed it for a week. And it was just... 
you don't have to love Donald Trump, but like they still have a lower death rate in here. And as you addressed to the gentleman from Cork a minute ago, I was reading in the news today, they were all laughing at Donald Trump at the hydroxychloroquine. Now suddenly there's a massive demand from the British to use it. Well, well, now, to clarify, it is a trial they're doing on 10,000 healthcare it is, workers. It is, yeah. it is. No harm but, but, I mean, but in saying that, you normally wouldn't do a trial on 10,000 healthcare workers. You'd, no, you'd normally know. pick 100 random people to do a trial on. So they clearly believe that there's some benefit to it to be given to healthcare workers. I'll tell you the, kind of the difference. Right? You could say there's trials being done on people on these, this vaccine to come. We've never had that experience. But hydroxychloroquine has been used for other illnesses. So they have some idea or a better insight as to what the side effects or the possibility of how well, it look, works. Well, look, the thing about it is, I don't, I don't know how long the trial is going to go on for, but we'll find out at the end of it if it makes a difference because we are doing it now to people who generally don't have it yet. So to people who are not showing any symptoms. And I think the point that uh, Dolores Cowell was making the other day is that it is more of a preventative medicine. Uh, and well, she was suggesting it should have been given to people who are vulnerable uh, to prevent them from getting serious symptoms in the first place. I think that's what well, she was suggesting. Now, I, I, again, there's no evidence of that yet. But Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, in regards to this. But, like, it seems to be effective when it comes to malaria. So there's some, in, there's some insight as to side effects and possibilities because it has been around the patent. It ran out decades 60 ago. years, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, I, it's, it's mm. an old drug. So it's, it's, and it's, it's cheap. It's it cheap to cheap. produce. And, and here I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm not saying I'm correct here, but I'm wondering, was there no massive push on this because the patent has run out and there's no massive profit to be made from the drug well, Yeah, because any, well, look, it can be made in any cheap pharmaceutical com- anyway. company in the world. Yeah, okay, So, but generally, I'll tell you what, marks out of 10 marrying for the government so far. Complete disaster because we've one of the highest death rates in Western Europe. Okay. All or right. actually in the Western countries. Okay, well, of we, course, we, they're, they're all measured a little bit differently anyway. It's, it's fair to say to the Irish government that we do measure um, suspected deaths, our cases. We also measure suspected deaths and we also measure suspected, or I should say, people in care homes where some other European countries don't measure that too. So that's it's yeah, fair to say. But we are, yes, we are up there in the top of the top, top 10 somewhere, yes. Well, Belgium, for example, they, 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 if a person's in the nursing home, they automatically put them down as dying from COVID-19 without actually check, without... I, I fi- By the way, I find that quite bizarre. And it's in the HSE guidelines, too, that this idea of counting a debt who hasn't even been tested. So if somebody died and they just happened to have cancer, sadly, and, and they passed away, they, they were terminal, and they hadn't been tested if they had a symptom or they believe or a doctor or nurse believe they may have had a symptom like a bit of a cough or something before they died, they're put down as a suspected case and, and that's being put down as a COVID-19 case yeah which I find I find that's a lie really yeah um, can I I just want to go over one more point like we had Mary Lou there and she she, she, she suffered from the virus and what was the lady um, had been, she had been there in quarantine for a fortnight and the result of her test wasn't back my friend whose father died in the nursing home in Leash, her father was dead and buried 10 days before the results of the test came back. So that just, that was another disaster. Well, look, I think the government's biggest mess up was the testing. Yes, they, they could just couldn't get it right. And I think that's going to be a huge part of the problem. Um, uh, sorry, let me just go to Benny as well. Benny, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Benny? Hi, how are you? Good, Benny. You're a bar manager. I am, yeah. I'd say you're not a happy camper at the moment. <laughs> Not at all, not. No, sure. How the hell are you going to operate, you know, with so you're not going to operate with social distance. It's not going to work, sure it's not. It's, I mean, like, I was looking at that prime time program the other night. It's Claire Byrne, it was a joke, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, that's not about two metres there, like, you know, I was going to Ali today and there was supposed to be two metres between the... Customers, yeah. Yeah, and sure. There, there is. In the queue going in. And it wasn't two metres. No, no. In the metre. No, sure, I'm in a supermarket today and people are passing by each other at three or four foot away from each yeah, other, for yeah. God's sake. Because that, that's just human nature. People tend to be complacent and forget. So, so realistically, Benny, the idea that a pub is going to open with a two-metre social distancing and a reduction in capacity and actually, just, and actually try and make any money is a pointless exercise. It's pointless. And, like, I mean... So either you go back to the way it was or forget about it, throw your hat at it. Or even just give us give us a metre. <laughs> I mean, they showed... Ah, meter. Meter, don't even say... Benny, don't put ideas in it. A metre's not going to work in a pub either. It's well, not. it's better than two metres, like, Well, it's better, it's better than two, but it's not going to work. I know it's not going to work because no. I, I can see people like... You know, I meet people like... I meet some of my customers there like in, you know, in the city and 
they'll come up to me and they'll come very close to me and touch me and I'm just saying, okay, like they, they don't get it. Like, no, no. They do not get it. And that's without alcohol in the system. Like. Yeah, so where, by the way, when are you, are you when are you open back up? Are you opening up as a restaurant because some people, some bars no, operate in restaurants? I, like I don't have a food license, but okay. um, I just have a bar license. But so you I, have to wait I, till the I end. Wrong. I have to wait. And yes, like I saw this thing, you know, on the examiner, the examiner that the Galway race is going ahead then on the 27th of July. I mean... The Galway... Oh, yeah, they're going, they're going ahead with no spectators. I know, Ali, but... Like, get priorities right, like, you know, we need to get this country back up and running. And here you are having a gambling meeting in on the 27th of July to August with people struggling for money and they will probably go to any depths trying to get a bit of money and then they're going to lose, end up going to lose more money and just it's, it's just not right. I don't think it's right. Yeah, I don't think we have a I don't. I know Leo Varadkar mentioned the amount of money in this country that, of course, that's involved in horse racing. It's massive. Yeah, um, think, it's a huge amount of money for the state. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, but I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in bars and restaurants as well. Like, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Are, sorry, well, sorry, James, you want to say something about anything there? Yeah, I, I, I understand. I, I, I sympathise with uh, that caller there because I, I like pubs now. I go to them a lot. That's uh, too many I people. I wouldn't go now the way they are now. I just wouldn't. It wouldn't be, you know, it just, it's not like the old days. I, I wouldn't go back to them the way they're going to have them now. I yeah. just wouldn't uh, wouldn't have any interest in going back and being told you've got to sit there, got to go over there. No, no, no. no you want to stay away from the bar, and we'll bring your drink down to you. Sorry, you're yes, not, you're, no, not, no, you're not you're not allowed to stand. Yes, no. See what we should have now is, uh, I'm, and Dan O'Brien has, has been saying this many times. The Economist, uh, we have about three million people who are under forty-five years of age in this country. Yeah, and they should be out in the economy. Of course, they, they should. They should be out in the bars. There's no re- but, but there's no reason age. why they all shouldn't be back in work already. The people under the age. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at here, for example, right? And I mentioned this earlier on. I'm going to read it out to people again in case they didn't hear it. They did a study, uh, an antibody test, which they're going to do over here, by the way. Um, they've now arranged to do it here. Which antibodies, for those who don't know, is those people who have already had it and probably didn't even know they had it, right? And from this antibody, random antibody test, which is taken from the April the 16th, the Dutch House of Representatives, um, and they basically could analyse the mortality rate for different age groups. So for 20 to 29, the mortality rate is 0.0038%. That is negligible. In other words, more people probably die falling off a horse, right? Now, for the, th- the 30 to 39 age group, it's 0.007%. Again, more people probably fall getting bitten by a shark, or die getting bitten by a shark, right? Uh, 40 to 49, 0.01%. Now it's starting to creep up a little bit, but still quite low and still lower than the flu. Uh, 50 to 59, that's the age groups we're talking about here, uh, 0.1%, okay? And uh, 60 to 69, now we're getting up to 70, which is a little bit more risky, obviously, and it's 0.49, so a half of 1%, which is a, a bit above, obviously, the flu. So the point is that once you are below the, I suppose, realistically, the 59 age bracket, the risk is so low of you dying from COVID-19 that there was no reason why we couldn't have kept the economy going with people under the age of 60. Yes, I agree with you now. Dan O'Brien, I would bear what you were saying, because he was saying that he had the statistics that only two people so far have died between the ages of 15 and 24. Mm-hmm. and four between the ages of 25 and 34. And in the UK, the figures were under the age of 65 with uh, less than two underlying illnesses. In other words, they wouldn't have died anyway, if you know what I mean. It was only 400 people, and they said more than 400 people drown in the UK every year. So you have more chance of drowning than you would have of getting COVID-19. Now, again, we have to respect the fact that it is quite dangerous for elderly people who are quite frail or have underlying conditions. Uh, but in saying that, yes, the younger people when I say younger, under the age of 60 at lower risk, could have gone back to work and got the econ- kept the economy going. Yes, and gone to the restaurants and mm. pubs there. And then if you're elderly like me, you just keep away from the pubs unless you want to go maybe a very quiet well, time your, or well, something. Well, that's your own choice, isn't it? Yes, it's your own choice then whether you want to take that risk now. Yeah. But uh, as I said, uh, I do agree with Dan O'Brien. He was right there. And, and no I know, I know the argument. So, not to be out and about. Yeah, the argument, James, of course, by the government was we didn't want to put the hospitals under pressure, but that never really happened. Oh, you, the university hospital in Cork was never quieter now? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It never happened. This idea that we didn't want to put the hospitals under pressure. It never really happened. Yes, I suppose they just were too cautious. I suppose now that's the only thing you would have to say to them. And of course, as you know, medical people are always there on the side of caution anyway now. Yeah. So, Benny. Yeah. Um, what do you think the possibility 
of you being able to run your bar and make money is? Like, as it stands, like, was, plus we have no communication with the so-called government that we have, that we don't have a government, but... Well, the caretaker government, yeah. We're still listening to them, like, but... Uh, uh, I just think it's, it's it's not reasonable, like to be honest. Like it's really not. I mean, especially after seeing that prime time thing tonight, that actually really hit home with me when I saw that. I was like, "This is not going to work." No. And they've just set up a, a I think like a, I think they're called they've set up a load of new organisations, which are all going to be defunct in six months. But, but uh, think, they're called the, the Tourism Restoration Board. I think they're called, and there's not a bar owner on it. You'd imagine, you know, tourism. You'd have at least a representative oh, yeah. from yeah, the the yeah. bar industry because they're obviously. You know, a lot of people come to Ireland to have a drink. You know what I mean? No, I think like before. I think I will be open before it's involved. I think the the common sense has to prevail at some stage. I know it is a serious pandemic, and as you and do you think you'll be open as normal, or do you think normal. you'll be open I with think I will be open as normal? As normal, yeah. I, I and you know what? I think you're right. I think what will happen is the realization will yeah. kick in that they'll we see, cannot they'll, operate they'll, like they'll that. Getting busier, they'll see people kind of going, okay, easing down and winding down and easing up on the restrictions and they're going to say right lads look we've come this far might as well just I don't know like uh, that's my feeling on that anyway is like so I, I think I will be opened in mid-July that's my opinion on it but as I said at the time at the moment the way they, they're talking the restrictions that they're giving us in the, in the bar I can't see the difference between 40 people in the restaurant and 40 people in the bar but I can't see Okay so Benny just quickly marks out of 10 for the government and the way they've handled this Sorry? Marks out of 10. One being crap, 10 being excellent. Now, to be fair, my mother is in a nursing home. I haven't seen her in, in 10, 11 weeks, like, and that nursing home has no no COVID at all inside her, like, you know. And to be fair, I did think they were doing a good job, but now I just think common sense has to fail. So I'll give 5 out of 10 because. All right, 5 out of 10. And second and zero for the second battle. All right, okay, thanks, Benny. Uh, let me go to Ashley. You're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Ashley? Hi, Lyle. Uh, Ashley, I love your program. Love oh, your program. Thanks very much, Ashley. How do you think the government have performed over the last, particularly nine weeks? I suppose. Um, well, actually, I think they're all contradictory of okay. each other, and the reason being is my son was in school until Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. It's a suspicious day as it is. Yeah. And um, they shut down all the schools. Yeah. Right. Now my son has access with his dad every second weekend, and the government have blatantly told us. At the moment, it's five, but then it was two kilometres. They blatantly told us that we can't go beyond five kilometres at the moment. Yet, it is acceptable for a child to be picked up at the mother's home and driven 26.7 miles to a house for a one-night overstay. Well, well, in fairness, it is acceptable because the courts made a point of saying that at the very start. I understand from the practicalities you're saying it shouldn't be theoretically possible, but you can't deny either mothers or fathers access to their children, or indeed, more importantly, children access to their parents. And the Council of Civil Liberties came out at the very start when we brought in the restrictions and said that they would hope that the Garda Síochána and the government understood that people had different circumstances. In other words, there has to be a level of understanding that maybe people are separated, there's broken homes, there's children who don't live with their dad, they live with their mum or vice versa, and they have to be able to have access to both. So that understanding has been there from the start, by the way, Ashley. Well, the problem is I'm actually a type 2 diabetic. Yeah. And I had the ammonia at Christmas and my son is afraid to leave the house because of all the strict um, situations that have been put into place the last couple of weeks. Yeah, because and he's afraid for you. He's worried for you. And not only that, it's his dad works in a nursing home. And I question him there. The okay, but I, 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 I obviously can't get into your own personal situation on the air. Um, and I understand the point that you're making. A lot of people, you know, kind of live with people who work in hospitals and things like that as well. And there is obviously that bit of a risk because they're working with people who may be COVID positive, may not be. But I can't get into your personal situation, actually. But I do get the point that you're making, that theoretically it doesn't sound right. But there was a proviso put in there by the courts at the very start that that is acceptable. Yeah, but not as a nursing home that you work for. Okay, I, I can't get into your personal situation, actually, because it's unfair to everybody. So I, I'd rather not get into that. In relation to our government and the decisions that have been generally made, do well, you... Well, in general, what I think should have actually happened, um, they're doing it in hospitals. Um, when you go to the door of the hospital, they're taking your temperature. Yeah. Um, they should have kept the schools open um, because the statistics of deaths, 
we don't know are related to any of the primary or secondary schools. So therefore, it's unfair for teachers not to be working at the moment or students going to school doing the leaving. Now, if they're doing the leaving this year, they can bring in about 10 students per classroom on a Monday and right through to a Friday. That way, the school, any particular school, all the leaving search would have been done manually. Yeah, we, 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 we all seem to have forgotten about that, by the way. Yes, the leaving cert was such a bad decision, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, it's quite obvious. Like, I mean, the school my son's in, I won't mention the school, they have over 25 classrooms. So you could put easily between five and ten. Into each classroom, class. yeah. Yeah. And say you because, there's no, because there's no junior cert, so they could have done no. it, yeah. No, so you could have put 50 in on a Monday, 50 on a Tuesday, yeah. so on, until the four or six years or five, six years in certain schools were done. Yeah. And then they could have having a graduation where in the car park or the sports field, they could have having, say, 10 graduating, say, in a Monday and so on and so on. It could be done. And there's a lot of teachers I know now at the moment, they're frustrated. They're trying to come up with a mammoth plan for September that they will feel safe, their students will feel safe, everybody will feel safe. Like, I was in Lidl, not Lidl, sorry, the, um, Aldi, down beside me. And the security guard, I basically turned around and said, there's two old women behind me. I'd rather they go first. And he let one of them go in. And then 10 minutes later, he let the other one go in. And then I went in. But there was no, like, oh, they're old, old yeah, people. Yeah, let them go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. yeah. Like, the security guard was like, well, I'm, do, I'm just doing what the protocol of the job was. So I said to the manager, or supervisor, I said, look, I thought elderly people were supposed to be a priority. And oh, I, I'm not sure about that. And I was like, it's all over the friggin' news, it's on radio, <laughs> yeah. on television. Like, but as far as the government is concerned, like, they, they're planning to open things gradually. And I'll say this to you now, and you'll remember this. Come August, it's not going to work. No, we nice. are going to come back into a big blowout, and we'll be back to square one. I, I don't believe so. Well, I, and I hope you're wrong. By I the way. hope I'm wrong as well. But I reckon what they should do, if it does come again, right? And I know this is going to sound ridiculous, and people might be, oh, that's a stupid idea. They should lock down the whole country, garages, shops, supermarkets, right? Yep. Apart from chemists. If you have to collect there will be, there'll, be, there'll be no more lockdowns. Yeah. No, I, I, I can tell you now because people have accepted it and they went along with it for the first time but I don't believe, generally speaking, people in any country will accept um, a serious lockdown again. I don't, well, yeah, we've done our bit now. That's the way people are kind of looking at it. Yeah, but there's still deaths every day happening. Well, there's, you know there, I mean? there's a very few deaths happening, and with the greatest respect, there's you know there's a very few deaths happening every day. I mean, we're anywhere between six and kind of fifteen or so at the moment, and you know at the end of the day, ninety people die in this country every single day. Yeah, but if you think about the last week since the release of the measures phases, the amount of shops that have been busy, the queues, yeah. McDonald's, yeah. drive-through, yeah. the whole lot, and we are going to see a small increase. Of course, we are. And we're going to see an increase in the amount of people, probably, uh, that get it. I mean, we are going to see a little bit of a spike maybe in two weeks' time, but that's natural. We expect that to happen. Well, I hope I'm wrong. But I, I don't think it'll go up exponentially. Well, but, I don't... But, I mean, we have to... The thing about it is we have to... get The country has to operate. You know, actually, uh, the way it works is this is the first time in history we've actually locked healthy people up. So, essentially, if it does happen again, and if we do see a spike in elderly people particularly dying, what we need to do then is reassure people that elderly people will be kept safe and the rest of society has to get back to keep the economy going. Otherwise, more people are going to die. And that's just the way we have to do it going forward. Yeah, most well, likely. that's true. Okay, but we'll sit because I want to go to Owen as well. Owen, you're on Classic Hits. Um, oh, hold on, hold on, I've got to switch it on there, Owen. Owen, go ahead. Hello, Owen, how are you? Uh, Owen, in relation to the government, you, you know, marks out of 10 for the last nine weeks. Um, I give them eight. I think I think they're doing a good job. Um, I think the um, the five stages of opening up the country again is a good um, uh, practice to, to to look at. The only thing I would say is where I think they've got it wrong is with the kids. Um, I think the children should be back in school. I think um, social interaction should be more with children. There should be more um, sporting activities coming on stream sooner, in my opinion. Yep. 
Um, I heard the GAA say they're not coming back till they get a vaccine. So they could be waiting years for that. Oh, that, that that's just that's, in my that's opinion, nonsense. That's crazy, yeah, of you know? course it is crazy. Um, so, so yeah. Um, just I have, I have I have two teenagers myself, and um, I've one one particular son. He's thirteen, and you know, all he wants to do is play football, and um, he wants to be with his friends. And um, yeah, it's tough for kids, I, isn't it? Yeah, and, it is. And I think. There's, you know, with this lockdown, I think there's a huge mental well-being um, yeah. factor to, to consider. You well, know. And I hope that that's, it doesn't affect us more than the actual virus itself in the long term. Do you know what I'm um, saying? Well, um, I, think, I think it will um, for parents who... Mm-hmm. Well, I, look, I understand pe- people's fears. And I understand I, I have colleagues that, you know, who have vulnerable kids and, you know, but... What I would say is, you know, if if they were to open up, now they won't, but my recommendation would be to open up the country sooner to sporting activities and make, it, it doesn't have to be compulsory, obviously, you know, um, parents who want to keep their children safe and don't want to do it, that's fine. And, and the parents that do should should be allowed to do that, you know. All right, okay. Well done. Yeah, a lot of people uh, might agree with you. The government did a good job. Somebody, by the way, mentions here, there's a little doubt that that's, uh, from COVID have been greatly exaggerated the world over, including in Ireland. For example, in the US, the CDC, the Centre for Disease Control, has coached doctors how to fill out death certificates. They didn't coach them. Um, what they did was they offered an incentive, I suppose, for private hospitals, because most of the hospitals in the United States were private. But I get to that in a second, anyway. Uh, for COVID, for two main reasons. Firstly, to bump up, oh, you mentioned this, uh, the fatality figures, and secondly, to get more funding. For example, for every pneumonia and death, uh, for every pneumonia death, a hospital receives 5,000, but for every COVID-related pneumonia death, they receive 13,000. Now, I know what you're talking about, and I know the information because it was actually, I was watching it through, and I think it was on Fox or somewhere, I watched this, this particular story. And since this has been uncovered, that the hospitals, all the private hospitals in the United States, which are most of the hospitals in the United States, were getting funding for every COVID death. In other words, you know, the state was fixed, sort of paying them and funding them like they are here in this country, paying the private hospitals. Um, they have been told that they won't be getting funding now uh, if they do it wrong. So now they have just removed a lot of people who were put down as COVID deaths. They've actually removed them back off the list again which just goes to show you were actually right, and Senator Scott Jensen was right, that they were falsely putting people down as COVID deaths on their death certificates just to get extra funding in some of the private hospitals, uh, which, by the way, was a stupid idea in the first place to be paying private hospitals uh, funding for COVID deaths because that was bound to happen. Let me go to Yvonne. Yvonne, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Yvonne? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good, Yvonne. Yvonne, <laughs> uh, do you have any faith in the government? None whatsoever. Zero percent. None. None, no. Right, okay. Tony Hulhen, I mean, like, they're drawing Superman T-shirts on him. Like, what's that about? Well, I suppose a lot of people believe that he's been a bit of a hero in the whole thing because he's the one on the news giving, well, I suppose he's giving the bad news every night, but giving the advice. But what about the cervical um, cancer trabocle there only how long ago? Yeah, no, I know. That yeah, was four was years, totally years ago. Yeah, he was that. Yeah, yeah, he was... Um, one of the main contenders and like are people like so quick to forget it or it's just me well maybe i think there's a kind of national amnesia because everybody's too focused on covid19 at the moment exactly no and that's even my next point we're all on about like the cervical smears and uh breast smears yeah and um like they're all on the news saying that um you know that if you have symptoms go see your doctor but um, I've actually spoken to women and I actually have first-hand information that women that go see their doctors haven't got um, their appointments. They still haven't been seen for any kind of diagnostic opinion. So, you know, even that is actually really frustrating me when I hear it on, on any kind of radio or, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever. I, like even Leo Varadkar saying today that um, the secondary death I just think that it's frightening when I know firsthand that, like, not only is the screening shut down, but also the diagnostics. And the so, mammograms have stopped as well, breast mammograms, check. Mammograms, like, there, there's women of, um, like, they're saying it's only urgent. And I know firsthand, again, as I said, that women have sent in appointments from their doctors saying that they're urgent and they're still waiting on appointments. And that's going back to February. 
I know it's it's you know it's difficult to know what information is the right information all the time or what are the right steps to take. But I think cancelling, um, you know, early diagnosis of cancer or possible cancer was probably you can't one of the biggest. Take that chance. No, no, you won't get that chance again. No, no. no that was a huge mistake. And the problem is people as well who might have little twinges in their chest or whatever are not going and getting their heart checked. And, you know, people. But who these are people that have and they're they're still waiting because um, I, I actually ha- have worked as a healthcare assistant. I work with agency. I've worked in nearly every hospital across Cork City. And I actually know and like I've actually spoken to nurses and like they're getting word from the upper hand just to cancel all these appointments. Yeah. And I'm like, who's giving that advice to them? Is it Tony Houlihan? Who is, it, who is giving it like, you know? Yeah. I'd love to know, just give me a name and I'd like to actually ask them a few questions myself. All right. Okay. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Yvonne. Let me go to Carl as well. Carl, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Carl? How are you doing, Noel? How's things? Good. Carl, now you're working in Sweden currently at the moment. Yeah, yeah, the last month about here, Noel. So we were on and off since Christmas, uh, be yeah. out for four weeks and home for a couple of weeks. And, and how, you, how did you manage to get out in the last month, by the way? I didn't think there was planes well, taken off. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, I, four weeks ago, I got a, a plane, all right, went from Dublin, there's no one now in Dublin Airport, to Amsterdam, and then it's away. Uh, I think it was 20 hours. I got a flight down from Amsterdam to Gothenburg and then the train wore down near Malmo. So right, okay. the train from Gothenburg down. So, uh, yeah, what, that was the route in. And what do you well, work What do you work at? You don't tell me where you uh, work. Construction. Yeah, we're, construction. we're in the construction. We're, in, we're working on a data hall out here at the moment. So we're at the in Dublin as well. Um, uh, I was down at the Children's Hospital as well. I was yeah. in there walking. Um, but that closed down. Right. That was, uh, was out here, you know. Okay, and well, of course, it's yeah, well, then the record's going to cost forty percent more to build it now as well. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well, so so Carl, in relation to you know, the, I suppose life at the moment in Sweden, and uh, mm. you know, are people going out to restaurants, bars? You know, are, yeah. does it seem reasonably yeah. normal, or or what's going on? Yeah, it's it's normal now. I'm still uh, all the scaremongering in Dublin. Like I'm still kind of uh, avoiding them, but yeah, the are the bars, uh, restaurants, everything is normal. Everything, uh, football matches going on, kids going to school. It's just, yeah, you don't see any difference. No one wears uh, masks or gloves. Well, or, I've seen some know. pictures of Sweden and people are wearing, some people are wearing masks. I haven't seen any. And yeah. I get on the train, actually, a man was there one day and it was packed. It was like the Lewis Red Line. Yeah. And I had a, it just like a scarf, you know, put above it. And yeah. And, and uh, people actually move away from you. You think you're sick, you know? Oh, right, okay. Only, they think yeah. you're, okay, right, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, and they should kind of shuffle away now. The trains are packed, but no. Now, in saying that, a lot of people around here would say, oh, there's no one sick around here. So I believe Stockholm, it, maybe it's a bit like Dublin, yeah. it's quite bad. But say down in Malmo, apparently they think, no, no, there's not many cases. Oh, I don't know the numbers. But, right, okay. But but from you haven't heard of anybody dying or, or getting it? Or? No, yeah. the sites... We, we're kind of, Is there social distancing? Are they asking people to stay away from each other at all? No. Well, no, they, they don't. Like, some, they have the marks in the supermarkets now, but people ignore it. It's, it's like you were saying, so when we go into the site in the morning, they check your temperature. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're, if, like, if you're, we're all sharing houses out here, right? So say you have four people in a house, what they try and do is you probably try and have them walking together in a group on the site. You take your lunch together with staggered breaks. There's right, ways okay. around it. Well, that's kind of common sense, yeah. Yeah, so if one goes down, they stand them all down. Stand them all, you know what I mean? If one yeah. person in the house goes down. So at least if someone wasn't fortunate to get it, you might save it going all the way through it, like the building site or offices or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, I get you. Oh, it was yeah. a little bit, you know, they're, they're taking certain precautions, you know, but it's just herd immunity. It's only keep hearing here, you know, if you say, let the kids go, you know, they get it, they get it. This is, won't even affect them, I'm sure. Do you reckon the ones that did get it, straight able to go and visit their grandparents and, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't know, it was right, it was wrong, I don't know. All right, well, it's good, well, it's good to see. I mean, are you dreading coming back to Dublin then and, and, and dealing, like with, and dealing with all this? Yeah, a little bit. I'm actually going to travel back tomorrow. Right. And go back, back tomorrow. Now, Ryan there is back flying. And so, do you then have to self-isolate when you come back for 14 days? Two, yeah, two weeks. Right, okay. Th- and then when are you going back to Sweden? Uh, well, it depends on the job. Um, the guy that's coming out now to replace me is coming out, I think, for five weeks. So I might get three weeks at home. But the, 
the, some of the buildings are starting back. Well, if you're getting three weeks at home and you have to isolate for two weeks, it's hardly worth your while coming home, isn't it? I mean, the guy just replaced me is coming out for five. So I'll do two weeks at home and I might get three weeks walk in Dublin and then come back out. But uh, that's, if, that's if Dublin gets back up and running. That's, that could be slow starting as well. Well, well, I, well, there's a good bit of construction going on around us here where the radio station is. So I know stuff. Yeah. yeah, the internal stuff that are a bit iffy on it is the yeah. external. It's like, Eastern, yeah. A lot of it, so, so you feel quite safe on the home. You're, you're outside, it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right, okay. Well, look, the best of luck to you, and uh, I'm glad to hear get that kind of experience in Sweden. Let me go to Billy. Billy, you're on Classic Hits. Thanks, Carl. Hey, you know, yeah. No, I just heard about that chap, by I give the government one out of ten. And be, I, I just uh, don't want to stray from what I'm saying, but he says he'll have to sell for yesterday. That's one of the uh, downfalls of the government at the moment. Everybody coming into Dublin Airport, a lot of the people are not giving their addresses. They're staying where, um, where they're going to be self-isolating. It's not... It's what, not can, what can you really do, Billy? You can't have somebody well, following them. Well, uh, well, it's simple, Niall. We live in I, Europe. I, I, we, we live in Europe. You know what I mean? There isn't really uh, any borders. Yeah, you know we I mean? live in Europe, but this is... Hang on, we're, we have a pandemic at the moment, right? This is the points I'm going to make. Like One out of ten to give the government at the moment, right? They're so inconsistent at the moment. You had the Bulgarians coming in for killings. You had the Italian crowd coming after the match was set thing. And Cheltenham went ahead. I'll tell you, the only reason Cheltenham went ahead, for one reason only, it's for money. It's a big, bigger I, I would agree with John Cheltenham and, and the Italians, but in relation to the Bulgarians, firstly, there's hardly any cases in Bulgaria at all, so they were reasonably safe. And, se- and secondly, secondly, <coughs> if the Bulgarians hadn't have come over, uh, and or well, the, a lot of them are Romanians, actually, and, and picked the fruit, the fruit would have rotted to the ground. Right, but then it rots in the ground. Ah, Listen, yeah, Billy, you have to use your suits. Niall, there's businesses, Niall, there's businesses going to the wall that are much more fucking valuable to this country but than food, fucking Keelan's. Well, 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 hang on, Keelan's is valuable because fruit is valuable. We need fruit. They're the biggest suppliers in the country. Niall, you go yeah. into the shop. There Niall, would have been a shortage of us. Niall, couple yourself on. You can get fucking fruit everywhere out of the country in Europe, right? Well, why Most would you want to do that? Country. Well, we had it in the ground here. No, but listen, I don't want to get straight from what I'm saying about, right? Yeah. And I agree with the girl that she was saying a few, uh, a few callers back. We're, listen, this is like the recession only is reversed. When the recession came, <coughs> all the Irish people worked their guts off and we got out of it because we worked. Not because the proxy politician worked, because we worked. Now it's the exact opposite. We're being asked to sacrifice. People are being asked to stay at home. Most businesses are going to the wall. We'll never start up the fucking again. And then this government, they're letting people in and out. And uh, the, the one minute they're making this decision and then they're fucking doing it, another thing the other day. They, have, they don't know their head from their arse. And I really feel this is what I'm going to finish off with. Uh, if we do get phase to five and we don't get to let and it goes all to plan up to August, right? Then I feel like that lady did in about two months' time. The shit's going to hit the fans. And I'm not being racist or anything, but we're going to have a problem from South America with the Brazilians. It's, 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 they're, they're having a massive problem now. They're the worst country in the world for the fatalities. And it's only going to get worse. And majority of Brazilians in here are coming from, uh, they're going to Italy to get a European passport, and they're going to be coming over here, and I'll tell you, in two months' time, that lady is bang on, she's 100% bang on. Uh, uh, I hope not. Sorry, there's a second wave wave coming now, and it'll be fucking much worse than this, and that's all down to the government for letting people in. I've no problem for fitting my holiday for a year now. The airport should be closed down for the whole fucking year on. The only stuff should be coming in should be food, Niall, and... uh, And, um, and, Okay, that's fair enough. So the economy collapses... No, no, no. I don't know. Hang on, hang on for a second. Let me let me finish. Okay, the airline industry can't survive much longer. So the eco- so the economy collapses, and then what? What about all the people who've lost their jobs, end up in poverty, hardship, and many people will die of despair? What about that? No, the country opens up. No, the whole country opens. It's just that nobody's in, uh, uh, nobody's allowed in or out. No, 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 well, well, but then if we can't do that, what we do is we don't let anyone in from South America. They're, they're, we pick and choose. That's why we employ a Minister for Justice. He employs people that work under him. We employ people up in the airport to do what they're told. It's simple, Noel. We can't be letting in but people... You can, yeah, in. but you can. You can if, you, if you want to get a country up and running again, and we rely a lot on tourism in this small little country of ours, um, you can't turn around and enforce a 14-day quarantine on people coming into the country because yeah, then you'll have no tourists. You take what the Americans do. The Americans blocked seven or eight nations from coming in because yeah, but those, they, yeah, but those block that those blocks are going to be lifted in the next month or two. No, no they blocked them because they're terrorist nations. We can pick and choose. We don't want Brazilians coming in right now at the moment. We don't have to let them in. They're South American. It's nothing personal. It's just because they're a badly infected region and it's getting worse. And if they come in and mix. Europe, maybe we control Europe better if we work with our European partners. But uh, all these people coming in from South America, and, uh, Pakistan, India, all these countries, we have to tighten up. 
We have to get okay. back to normal. Let everyone get back to normal. Let everybody fly in between Europe. But after Europe, we don't fucking owe anyone anything to anyone else. And we should close the borders, definitely from South America. The, the second wave is coming, and I fear it's going to come from Brazil. Okay. Okay. Great. I hope. Uh, well. Okay. Some people are saying that, but I hope you're wrong. I, I oh, I'm not going to be wrong. I'll, I'll be talking to you. Like this is the water charge. Like I said, I'll be talking to you a couple of years later, and I was right about that, and I'll be right about this, and I'll be on unfortunately again. And All I'll, right. Well, I'll, if you well if you are right, I'll bring you on and apologise to you, but I think you're wrong. But this time I won't be laughing like yeah. I was about the water. Okay, listen, thanks, Billy. I I hope you're wrong, and if you aren't wrong, and you, I'll bring you back on again and apologise to you because I think you will be wrong. But anyway, I hope you're not, or I hope you are, should I say. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.